It's not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get it and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to It's Just Football. I'm Trevor Sikma. That is not Mike Renner. Nope. That is the one and only Sam Monson joining on the show, filling in for Mike Renner. Mike's gone all week, and Sam, you got uh, your first up. You're batting lead off in the guests that we have here this week. So thank you for joining us here today, my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored to uh, to replace the great Mike Renner in this So chair. the costumes, obviously, happy Halloween to everybody out there. Hope what you, you guys... Uh, what do you mean costumes? Yeah, you're right. Uh, my bad. Uh, this is my costume. This is normally how Sam looks when he so- shows up to work, so that's my bad. Uh, we'll talk about your inspiration for your look then. Doesn't, uh, not a costume. Not a costume. No, no, no. Not a costume. It's just how I dress. It, it, what's the inspiration? Because we could have a couple of people here that you look like, but who, yeah. are you mainly, who are you mainly gathering your inspiration from? So this was one of those things where, you know, what kind of costume can you put together based off what you have in the house and the limited uh, $5 yes. you're willing to spend yeah. on this particular <laughs> enterprise, right. right? So we could go for Dime Store Indiana Jones, you know, something like that. Or we could go with Crocodile Dundee. Ah. And, of course, if we're doing Crocodile Dundee, yeah. we have to do the line. Well, that's... Yeah? Yeah. You're going to do the line? No, you got you to gotta do it. You got to do it. If I were to... Let's say if I were to ask you, uh-huh. you know, if I, if I were to... Let's say I'll, I, I hold up... Uh, well, you got to set it up. You've a very be, small knife. Well, you right? be, what's I, her name? I, I forget who the star is. I don't, is I don't gotta be, who that's, it is. That's who you are. That's your character. I don't right know now. the exact line beforehand, but She's let's. like, you got to give him your wallet. He's, he's got a knife. He's got, yeah, yeah. He's, got, yeah, he's got a knife. He's, he's got a knife. That's not a knife. That's a knife. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. You did great. Thank you. You've been, pra- you, you've been practicing, I can tell. And that was good. It was good. Full prop in there. Mm. A little worried. We might have to notify HR, but yeah, I guess, you know. I mean, they're watching. They're, they're already writing it up right now. Tip of the cap to HR. Appreciate it. Is that how we escape? I am, uh, I am, I'm going for denim press conference Aaron Rodgers. I'm okay. missing the bolo tie, and I honestly should have shaved everything that yeah. is not the mustache. Yeah. I guess we go right here. That didn't look too bad. I don't think that helps. Well, I mean, like, you're taking away the beard. No, I know, but I I think what you gain in taking away the beard, you lose in having your hands in front of your face. You know, it just doesn't doesn't quite get there. Look, Sam, I'm trying to make the show work. All right. You've been here for like two minutes and you're already criticizing how I host the thing. What's up to everybody who is in the chat joining us? So glad that you are here watching us on a Monday morning. We had a jam-packed show for you. We got a lot of Halloween segments in which we are going to recap what we saw in the NFL this past week, but... Have a little fun doing it. So we got a trick-or-treat segment. We've got a back-from-the-dead segment. We're going to obviously preview Monday Night Football as well. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, everybody in the production suite, I know that you guys got some some stooms on as well, as Austin Gale used to call them. Shortened everything, mm. and so he shortened costumes and stooms. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn, are you, are you Mr. Clean? I am, in fact, Mr. Clean. <laughs> incredible. That's truly incredible. Uh, is that his pose? What would you say? Then he go like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got the. He's Perfect. got the. He's got the. Yeah. No right. notes. You actually nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> no notes. Tyler Thank behind you, you is. Uh, I guess he went to Halloween as himself, because <laughs> he's yeah. a Browns fan. Oh. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. That's beautiful. That yep. is that is taking a costume and going to the next level. So Every Sav, year. 
Well, well done. Well done there. And then Stone, we got Stone right behind Quinn. Oh, full Pete Carroll. Oh, he, yes, look at him look chewing at the gum. Look at him chewing the gum. Okay. We had to classify because when I saw the blonde wig at first, I was like, oh, he's Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> but you can't be doing that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, not be Because there, there are people that are going to do that this year, unfortunately. No, yeah. Not, not in these times, though. No, we can't do it. No. We can't do it. Um, <laughs> that would get HR again. Yeah, again. And uh, sub HR. Tip of the cap to HR. Tip of the cap yep. to HR. Shout out to uh, Philip Cross, our chat champ, who I already saw in the chat earlier uh, earlier in the show, right in the pre-show as we were getting things ready. Uh, Philip said, is he the only one who still believes in Zach Wilson? He might be. Yeah, probably. He might be. Uh-huh. That's one of the points that we're going to get to during the show, but just had to shout him out as we got the chat fully involved. It seems like you guys are enjoying the Halloween costumes, so uh, <laughs> Quell's freaking out that that uh, Stone had the gum and everything. That is commitment. That is the, Those are the little details that make a costume fantastic. Take it to the next level. So hopefully you guys are having some fun, whether you uh, were able to go out and celebrate this past weekend or whether you're doing something tonight with the kiddos or whatever it is. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the, uh, the Halloween holidays. Sam. You did something last week, which I think was really cool, that I wanted to bring attention to. Okay. You and Steve had a little – should I call it a competition? Was that what this, this throwing contest was? Is that what it was? Yeah, it a competition sort of. Or what? Yeah, so we, we raised money for charity on the PFF NFL podcast, and this started because way back at the Combine last year, almost everybody universally said that there wasn't a hope in hell that I could roll out there – without ever having played baseball before mm-hmm. and pitch a baseball 60 miles an hour. I was one of them. Yeah, I think I was. Were. I think I was on your podcast, uh-huh. and I said... Not a chance. No. Yeah. No, so, well, I didn't... I don't know if I said not a chance. It was implied. I thought we'd get mid-50s. Yeah. I thought we'd cap out at mid-50s. I mean, that, that's a fairly strong implication of not a hope <laughs> in hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I was quite insulted by that and said, I guarantee that the first number will be a six. It really doesn't feel that fast. Now, having done it, I have a little bit more respect for 60 miles an hour. I yeah, think that right. turns out that's a lot faster than I thought it was. It is. That's but I got there. We you get 60. It. You on, the, on the nose. You got it on the gun. Yeah. How many times did it take you to, to throw to get 60? I don't know, but it wasn't egregious. Like, we didn't spend all day there. Well, you, yeah, you start, you, there starts to be diminishing right. returns, right? You, start, you get to the point where you're no longer loosening up a muscle. Yeah. You are actively taking away I would it. say we were in the 10 to 15 range. Uh, Tyler was that there. Was, that was Tyler mint. Tyler was there. He knows. That was mint. All right, that's, that's perfect. But I just want to shout out, give you congratulations. Thank you. You proved me and everybody else wrong by hitting 60 miles an hour. And case. most importantly, we raised $2,500, $2,600 for uh, Needs Inc., who get, raise money for service dogs. For that's awesome. That, that is that's that GoFundMe is still there. You can find it on my pinned tweet, at PFF underscore Sam. People in the chat, do you think that you could throw a baseball 60 miles an hour? I want to hear from you. Don't lie about it. If you don't think you can, you got to bring integrity into the chat. Don't lie to the chat. Whether or not you think that you could throw 60 miles an hour or not, I want to hear from everybody. This did, by the way, reinforce my opinion that almost every you know ceremonial first pitch yes. is an embarrassment to humankind. Because like, whatever about 60, it's really not hard to get a ball from here to the dude with the glove. Oh, but you got all the pressure. It's like kicking field goals. No, we're going to get to that, too. I can't, we, can't, we can't totally get into that. Quinn, do you have a question of the day for us as we get things kicked off here? We go to the football topics. Always. Um, so in addition to Halloween, there's a football game tonight featuring my favorite team and his, well, maybe his favorite team. I don't know. <laughs> um, you could just say his team. You can drop team, the adjective. Yeah, his team. <laughs> Uh, but the Bengals are the only team to boast three receivers with at least 400 receiving yards each to date. Ooh, okay. How many teams in NFL history have had three 1,000-yard receivers in the same season? Oh, wow. Okay. 
Bengals are the only team to boast three receivers with at least 400 yards each. How many teams in NFL history have had three 1,000-yard receivers in the same year? It's only like two or three because yeah. the Colts – I remember when the Colts hit it. I was going to guess the Colts. Yeah, with Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and Dallas Clark. And that was only, Clark I think, maybe the, the second other. time that that had happened. Yeah. So if we assume one more has happened since then – uh, I think it has to, my other guess is, and we don't have to give a final guess, we're just kind of, we talk about it at the beginning of the show and then we give our final guess in the end. I think the other one is Peyton again. I think it's the Broncos. The Broncos. That 2013 okay, that year, because it would have been yeah. Julius Thomas, Demarius Thomas, and Wes Welker. Yes. Would that have been Welker, right? Yeah, Welker or... Emmanuel um, Sanders, right? Or Stokely. They had Stokely there for a while as well. No, he didn't have a thousand. Okay. Mind you, it wide. does not have to be wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, Just tight ends. Three, right. three players. To so that's, that's why. Yeah. You get yeah, Orange, Julius, Orange Julius, DT, yeah. and uh, and I think Wes Welker. Oh, the Rams. People are saying the Rams, too. I don't know if the Rams In the 2000s? Did. No, I don't think the Rams did it. Yeah, who was never, the third? Right. You got Holt They never Bruce, got Falk over 1,000 at the same time. I don't did think. they? That no, been I don't think so. It would have been legendary. All right, so we're, we're thinking about it here. You guys are throwing out some answers. Um... We'll get our final answers in on the end of the show. At the end of the show, but let's roll into this recap that we've had from Week Eight in the NFL. Playing a little game called Trick or Treat, a Halloween theme where we're gonna throw something out, and then Sam, you, and I—not collectively—we can have different answers here. We have to say, is this a treat? Are we believing in this? Do we think this is what we can expect moving forward, or is it a trick? Is it fool's gold? Is it not gonna happen again? Do we not believe it? Sounds okay. straightforward enough. Uh -huh. All right, so let's get, let's get to it now. The very first one. P.J. Walker looks special yeah. for the second straight week. Is this a treat, something that we can expect moving forward, or is this a trick? I am so torn on this one because I have disliked P.J. Walker as a player all the way back through his career, dating back to Temple. How dare you? Where I had to grade an absurd number of Temple games where he was awful. <laughs> in the, what was it, the AAF he was in? Or the XFL? XFL, whichever, XFL. Whichever busted XFL. league he was in. He got the MVP, but I don't think he was even that good. He was like the fifth or sixth graded quarterback that year. And then he comes back to Carolina and thinking, no, no chance. But the last two weeks, he's been genuinely impressive. Really good against Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. And other than one terrible pick yesterday where he threw the ball right to a defender on a screen he again was incredible and that yeah. touchdown throw at the end of the game was absurd so I'm starting to buy into the idea that he might be the next Geno Smith like already Ooh. the next guy to have been languishing in, a, in obscurity and get a shot and look to be a totally different player when you look at P.J. Walker's stats over the last two weeks, um, over 70% 70, 70 completion against the Bucs, 177 passing yards in those two touchdowns. So the demand wasn't too high, especially because the Bucs looked like they didn't even want to be there playing that sport that night. Yesterday, he gets over 300 yards passing, big touchdown, an interception you mentioned, almost 50% completion percentage. That's not ideal. I think it kind of depends how you look at this statement. Because... The word special is throwing me off a little bit here. Yeah. I don't I think it's a trick that PJ Walker would be called special. Sure. But I do believe that he's probably the best option for them moving forward. Even when Baker is fully healthy, I would start PJ Walker. I wouldn't go back to Baker Mayfield. At this point, I don't Why would you? think that's even arguable. So that's like, the, that's the treat part of it for me is yeah. this is Carolina's starting quarterback moving forward. I think it should be. Like that's the thing. Whatever about where his ceiling is and how good he can be down the line, this was an offense that barely functioned 
with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Mm -hmm. And we've seen pretty high-level play from Baker Mayfield in the past in a better situation. So for P.J. to turn what was happening before into the last two weeks, I think is legitimately impressive and absolutely should win him the job over Baker Mayfield going forward because we've seen nothing from Baker to suggest that he should keep on to it. So, chat, you guys can get into, into this, uh, of course, as well. Darth Works says treat, that this is a treat, that he is special moving forward. Um, BSG says trick. Ryan says trick. Josh says trick. Just a solid backup. I, I, I think we're both on the same page here. We believe it's a treat for Carolina, yeah. where they currently are. But is this a long-term thing? Probably not. That's probably more of the, the trick side of things. So it is a little bit of a division there, but that's probably where we land. The next one, very intrigued to hear what you think about this next one. The Philadelphia Eagles belong in Tier 1 with the Bills and the Chiefs. I don't know where you had the Eagles before, if you've done tiers so far this season, whether you had them in that tier already or not, but do you think this is a team that can compete with those two at the very top, trick or treat? Uh, treat. I My Super Bowl pick heading into the season was Buffalo from the AFC and Philadelphia really? from the NFC. Really? So I am hugely Look. invested in the first eight weeks of the Look season backing up my priors. I think Buffalo is the best team in the NFL, and I think Philadelphia is clearly the best team in the uh, in the NFC. So yeah, absolutely. I think they've shown that they can go toe to toe with some good teams. They've shown that the biggest weakness from a year ago, the quarterback who refused to put the ball in the air deep to take shots, that's gone. Look at that first touchdown um, to AJ Brown this weekend. He threw yeah. that into double coverage with a safety over the top, knowing that he had a guy that would just go up and make the play. He doesn't make that throw last year. Right. And because he's making it this year, we get three touchdowns against Pittsburgh. Dude, and even even beyond that first touchdown throw, where you actually said this on Twitter when I was talking about it yesterday, that first throw was a little bit of a kind of playing 500, yeah. but allowing your guy to go up and make a good play. That sec, Those second and third touchdowns, beauties in the basket perfect. right at the front pylon completely perfect fitting in between where aj brown had the guy beat by a step and where the safety couldn't quite get over to where the ball was because of the placement that is why i think i agree with you this is a treat the eagles are in tier one with the chiefs and the bills now if the eagles play the chiefs and the bills let's say 11 times like an 11 game series would they win most of them i don't know if i'm convinced of that yet but they'd win more than I thought they would originally. Yeah. They might win three or four. They might get close to almost splitting that series with these teams because of how good they are and how many different things they can do. I think they would be underdogs against either team in a Super Bowl. Yes. But it wouldn't be the kind of spread where you're thinking this game's going to suck, they're going to get blown out, they've got no shot. Like, they have a shot of beating either of these two teams, even if they're underdogs against either. Yep, I, I agree with you. So we're both there with the Eagles being treat in the Tier 1 of the NFL right now. Next one, Seahawks are winning the NFC West through eight weeks. So eight weeks into the season. Would you say that it is a treat Seahawks are winning that division in the end, or do you think it's a trick? Do you think they're going to come down a little bit? Ah, this is tough. I, I think there's a chance that it's a treat. I think they might be not for real in terms of the Eagles and being able to get to the Super Bowl sure. and going yeah, up yeah. against the best teams, yeah. but look at what else that division has. Like Arizona stink right now. Arizona not the team we thought they might be heading into the year. They've gone 13 straight opening drives without scoring a touchdown. The scripted plays are not functioning for the Cardinals. So they, they're toast. The Rams' offensive line is one of the worst in the league. They can't win the division yeah. unless that line gets better. So it's really, can Seattle get over the line against San Francisco? Like, those are the two teams that can take this division. And 
right now, Geno Smith is the better quarterback of the two guys. They've got elite wide receivers in DK and, and Tyler Lockett. The mm. offensive line is better than they thought they'd be. And the defense is taking steps in the right direction. So I'm buying it. Let's go. Treat. Okay, so you're saying that the Seahawks are a treat. You know, something that I do love about the Seahawks is what was the quote from Tyler Lockett that he had that he had that he said yesterday? It was like, it's amazing what can happen when you don't care who gets the credit. Yeah. Right? Quoting about, uh quoting either Winston Churchill or Harry Truman, depending on who you listen you to. Did you say the same thought that he was Steve, yeah. Oh yeah, see you said that Steve was was quoting that, yeah. but uh um I don't think he was. No, he was it sounds a little bit more like he's just taking a shot at Russell Wilson like everybody else this I year. don't know. Do you think he was taking a shot? Yes. I actually think that he was just being genuine. I, I Tyler think- Lockett's been around long enough that I don't think it passes his uh, comprehension that mm. that's going to be seen as a shot at Russ. Sure, sure, sure. I, you know what? Maybe it's just the pure-hearted uh, <laughs> naive in me is yeah. thinking like, yeah, the team. You've got a golden heart. You haven't been worn down yet. Yeah, you know? that's You're true. not a jaded, well, bitter we'll, human we'll being get there. like me. Give, me. give me like two more weeks on yeah. the show. We'll get there. Uh, I, look, I like what the Seahawks are doing. I think they're very comfortable in their own identity. They've got good players in the right spots for what they want to do, and I think that's all really successful. I'm going to say this is a trick because I think the Niners are better. Like, I think the Niners are winning this division. I'm pretty comfortable with that. I said on uh, the NFL Stock Exchange podcast last night, um, I think the Niners are the fifth best team in the NFL. When they're fully healthy, I think they're that fifth best team. And the okay. top three, I've got Bills, Chiefs, uh, Eagles. Who's four? When the Bengals are fully healthy, I think okay. they can score enough points to cut, basically keep up with anybody. Jamar, obviously, over the next month, it's going to be a little bit. Right. It's going to wane a little bit. But fifth, I would put the Niners because of especially throwing McCaffrey into that mix, the different offensive weapons they have, how good that defense is. All of that is why they're not winning the division right now. I get it. It's been a slow start to the year. They will win that division in the end. I believe so. So I'll say the Seahawks winning the division is a trick, but it's less on – the Seahawks. It's not like a Seahawks slight. I yeah. think that they are great for what they are. I think they can absolutely be a wild card team. We may still see this team in the yeah. playoffs, but I ultimately just think that San Francisco is the better team. What do you think about San Francisco? I'm curious. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, those are definitely the two teams that are in it in this division. Um, I think San Francisco, just the the collection of weapons they have on offense is special. You know, McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. If those guys are all on the field at the same time, it's a matchup nightmare for any defense in the NFL. I don't know how you go up against that. Their big concern is, not even concern, like the thing they need to work on is how you get all those guys to fire at the same time. Because mm. Miami have figured that out with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. San Francisco don't seem to quite be able to hit on the whatever alchemy is required to get it all working, you know, at the same moment. Wasn't sure we were going to get the word alchemy in the show, but it's good. I love it. Nathan said uh, that the Seahawks is a trick. The 49ers are getting hot. They always start slow every year and then get hot in November to December. Josh also agrees it's a trick. The Niners are going to win that. But then we had a couple of people say, James, he says, it's a treat. I'll I'll take the best QB in the division, which is Geno right now. You've got a lot more people. Gerard's the same way. Don't trust Jimmy G. And then he says Christian McCaffrey QB1. But uh, I I think there are a lot of people who are split on this. And I don't totally disagree with Geno Smith clearly looking like the better quarterback. And if you want to bet on the quarterback, hey, I'm never going to fault you for it. Trick or treat, Tom Brady is cooked. <laughs> well, having said this back in 2014, um, <laughs> it's, it's frankly, it's about time. You know, I was yeah, out ahead of this. You never eight, wrong, just early. Just early. Look, just it's be- early. better to be eight years early than a I don't couple know if of that's weeks true. too late. Oh, 
Yeah, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, no, sure, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of when that would be. Maybe like paying bills. <laughs> I uh, I have a daughter who's in the fourth grade, who's as old as that take writing off Tom Brady. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So do you, do you think he's good? I think. Trick this, I don't think Brady's the problem in Tampa Bay. I don't think he's Great necessarily helping. But you look at Tom Brady. Like, what is cooked about him versus a year ago? Mm -hmm. His arm is not any worse. He's, you know, he's physically exactly the same guy. He didn't become an idiot overnight. Like, we don't, we're not suddenly <laughs> running out of, oh, Brady just doesn't know the game anymore. It's passed him by. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, that's so, not it. It's other problems. Like, the, the system is not doing what it should do. His offensive playmakers, his offensive line, like, these things are all worse than they were a year ago. I think if you fix the actual problems in Tampa Bay, Tom Brady is still capable of playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The issue is, I don't know if those actual issues that you're talking about get solved. Sure. So I think the team's probably just going to be bad anyway. But that isn't Tom Brady being cooked. That's just the Bucs stink. <laughs> I would I would completely agree with you. Colin Truss immediately said treat that Brady does look cooked, but then a lot of the other answers, Drew, Ryan, Zach, you know, they're all, Matt as well, all of them said trick immediately. Um, and it's just, I, I agree with you completely. They have not just the worst run game in the NFL, but like the worst by far run game in the NFL. The injuries to the offensive line have been terrible. The focus on the team is bad. You got players on the defensive side of the ball not giving it their all, not playing the way they need to, so unfocused. Everything looks bad in Tampa Bay right now. Yeah, Zach in the chat says it perfectly. Looks cooked, not cooked. It's, like That's what it is. You He's know being what? made look bad because of everything else around him, but he isn't cooked. Like a Thanksgiving Day turkey, man. You open it up and you go, that's cooked. And then you cut into it with the, t with the family sitting at the table and you go, not cooked, not so actually. Much. The good thing is, he's got no reason to walk away now. We're going to get five more years of him. You love to see that, baby. Brady and Tampa for five more years. What right better side. place to, what better place. What, who was a, we, George Blanda, right? Yeah. 48 years old, that's yeah. the record. Oldest uh -huh. player in the NFL. I, Brady owes it. for it. Brady owes it to science at this point <laughs> he to does. keep going he and does. see where the cliff is. He does. Just where is it? How how old can you get and still be out here slinging 60-yard dimes to Mike Evans, right? King. Absolute king. Uh, next one, Rams. Currently missing the playoffs. Is yeah. this a trick or a treat? Uh, treat. They will miss the playoffs. I agree with you. Yeah. They I Their offensive true. line is horrendous. And... The correlation between how good the Rams are and how bad their offensive line is, bad or good, over the Sean McVay years has been insanely tight. The last time their offensive line was anywhere near this bad was 2019, I think, where they were like 9-7 and seven yeah. and, you know, looked nowhere near the team they've looked either side of that. <laughs> Somebody in the chat said... Brady is effectively Salmonella, then from the, the undercooked bird reference. So that was funny. Uh, I agree with you. I think this one's a treat. I think the Rams are missing the playoffs. They're just not a complete team right now. I think that there's clearly two better teams than them in their own division. Yeah. I think they'll fight uh, towards the bottom of who's going to finish there between them and the Cardinals. And the rest of the NFC, where it's not exactly the teams we thought that were going to be at the top, uh, hopefully, you know, they're playing Tampa this weekend. Hopefully they get the best of Tampa, whatever the best of Tampa is at this point. But it, just because it's not the teams that we thought were going to be at the top of the NFC originally doesn't mean it's terrible teams. It's still teams that are playing well, and I don't think the Rams are one of those teams that are no. playing well. So I agree with you there. Last one that we got. Titans have won five games straight. Are they a trick or are they a treat? I, I can't work out the Titans for like two straight years now. 
Last year, I didn't think they were that good. And no, they, they went on they this run. They weren't. But, but they went on a run in the middle of the year that was very hard to argue with. Of course. They, like, knocked off Buffalo, I know. Tampa Bay. I like, know. Week after week after week. And it's like, all right, at that point, I just got to shut up and wait for this to blow up. This year, they're doing the same thing, but the teams are different. So they beat the Raiders, mm-hmm. the Colts, the Commanders, the Colts again, and then the Texans, who maybe the, who are the worst team in the league. So... I don't think that this run of wins proves anything other than they're capable of beating really bad teams. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. But also, I can't, I can't remember who said this. I think Timo said this, our, our esteemed colleague at PFF. He said the Titans are always just going to be a little bit better than whoever they're playing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. If they're, if they're going up against a perennial Super Bowl team, they're going to be a little bit better than them. If they're, if they're playing the worst team in the NFL, like they were yesterday, they're going to be a little bit little better than bit. them. Just win by one score. And, like, that's just how the Titans do it. Yeah. And we, as analysts, as fans, we always hate that. We hate close games because we want to have narratives where we can point to something and go, this is what happened, this is why they're good, this is why they're bad. The Titans are always the toughest team to figure out because you'd think they're bad, but they keep winning. I do think there's something to the idea that Mike Vrabel is a really good coach. Oh, absolutely. And he is going to get more out of the team than the personnel alone says should be there. And that makes them difficult to quantify. I agree with you 100%. That's it for the trick-or-treat segment. But also wanted to give you the chance because you watch all these games. You guys do a a two-and-a-half-hour podcast every single Monday. You have so many data points and so many takes on what you've seen from the last day that I want to give you a chance to uh, tell me some best of the rest. You got a couple of games. I got a couple of games outside of the ones that we kind of just talked about there. What else do you want to highlight from what happened this week in the NFL? I think it was very significant that the Chicago Bears offense looked viable for the second week in a row. And this time they did it against a really good top flight NFL defense. Like for them to show up against Dallas and Justin Fields to look as good as he's looked in the NFL. Yeah. Um, this is what it was supposed to look like, right? Fields yeah. having a good game and getting let down by other players, right? Dime downfield to Vellis Jones, who can't come up with it. Right. David Montgomery fumbles the ball away after Justin Fields makes some magic happen and gets it to him over the middle. This is what it was supposed to look like. And if it looks like this going forward, Fields can stay in the job, which didn't look likely a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, that's a good point, especially looking at it long term when Fields almost looked, you know, we were having the conversation, is Fields even the quarterback of this team next year, right? Which is crazy to think about a guy who's on a rookie contract who's as talented as he is that we're having that conversation. Things look a lot better. I agree with you, man. That was my main takeaway from that game. I thought the Cowboys were going to win. They're the better team. Who cares? I thought Chicago looked great. They scored 29 points, and people are going to be like, okay, how can you look great in a 20-point loss? (laughs) Well... You're Chicago. It's you gotta, all relative. You gotta understand where you are right now. It is all relative, absolutely. So I, I, I agree with you completely. I think that that's definitely something that's worth pointing out. I, I'm gonna point out another quarterback. Dolphins Lions, you look at that game. Tua, all right? I'm gonna look in the camera and I'm gonna say this. I'm not talking about a contract extension. I'm not talking about him versus Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow. I'm not talking about the value, where's the ceiling. I'm not talking about long term. I'm talking about for this season. Tua can do what he needs to do with that team to win them a playoff game. Yeah. I absolutely believe that. I absolutely, and I think we all get really caught up in if Tua has a really good game, if Tua has a really bad game, we go, wow, look at him. He's bad. He's terrible. He's the worst quarterback. If Tua has a really good game, people would be like, oh, yeah, but you know, you would compare him to the other good quarterbacks. He's not them. And of course, if somebody's trying to argue that he is one of the top flight quarterbacks in the league, I'd push back on that. 
But for what the Dolphins are this year, this is a team that can absolutely not only make the playoffs, despite not winning their division because they're in the same division as the Bills, I think they have the offense to win a playoff game. And we saw it yesterday. If you don't have the right game plan for these offensive weapons, Tua will put the ball where it needs to go. 93.6% adjusted completion percentage yesterday. He was good yesterday. Were there a couple of throws that were underthrown? Yes. Does that happen with literally every quarterback every week? Yes. You don't have to put him under a microscope that is unfair to other people. So there's so much narrative and talk around Tua that's on both sides of the spectrum. And I just wanted to get it off my chest. Loved what I saw yesterday from him. And in that offense with Mike McDaniel, with those weapons, Dolphins can absolutely be a playoff team and win a playoff game with Tua Tungo And by the way, it's not entirely done yet that Buffalo wins that division because their loss is against Miami. They're only a game back in terms of wins. Now look, obviously they got to go and they got to win in Buffalo. They also need the Bills to slip up somewhere else. But it's still possible. All right. Next one. Uh, you got one more? Yeah. One more best of the rest. It's time to panic, to ring hands to do whatever you want to do about Zach Wilson in the Jets offense. Zach Wilson looked terrible. Bad, the first dude. quarter, he bad. was he was playing well. And it's like, oh, maybe maybe all the, the bad numbers under pressure are going to regress positively. And all of a sudden, we're going to get some good Zach Wilson play. And then he just went crazy and started heaving the ball straight to defenders. Like, absolutely airmails a simple pass for an interception. And then threw another interception whilst trying to throw the ball away. You have the stadium to hit, and you hit a guy. <laughs> I always do think about that when that stuff happens, when you keep it in balance. It's like, yeah. just throw your arm out. Like, Anywhere. <laughs> like, like, do you have any, uh, any appreciation for the sheer volume of real estate you have to put this ball, and you hit it at a guy who's going to pick it off? Yeah, and... You know, we didn't touch a lot on uh, on the Jags game when the Jags played the Broncos in, in London to start uh, start that Sunday slate off. But thankfully, it was worrisome that you look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence and then you look at a guy like Zach Wilson in that in that quarterback class. All of a sudden, the 2021 quarterback class don't look good, man. <laughs> Does not look good. You got Wilson, you got Lawrence, you have Fields, you have Lance, and then you have Mack. Mac could have Mac could have been benched again for Bailey Zappi yeah. at some point yesterday. Okay, Trey Lance has been behind Jimmy Garoppolo and then hurt, so we don't know anything about him. But it's not like he was lighting the world on fire before then, really taking the reins of that job. Justin Fields, like we said, looked benchable early on in the season. Right up until the last. Trevor two weeks. Lawrence is to the point where we went into the, into his draft stock saying, okay, he's got to get better with ball placement and decision making. And guess what? He hasn't gotten better at ball placement and decision making. Zach Wilson's the same way played behind a fairy tale offense at BYU that was so much better than every opponent that they were playing. The offensive line was so much better against any defensive line they were playing. Zach Wilson played Madden. Zach Wilson bailed from the pocket at BYU just for fun because he was bored. Like he he didn't he this is this is such a different game from him. Yeah. I'm not giving up on all of these guys completely. They're still young. We see quarterbacks peak in their early 30s and these guys are you early know. 20s, right? So, it's not time to fully give up on them. But it is worrisome. You are getting to the point, especially with Zach Wilson, where your issue is now turnovers. If you have issues with... Not just with, turnovers, pressure. Like, it's, I, yeah, I've on. genuinely never seen a worse quarterback under pressure than Zach Wilson right now. It's and whilst, bad, dude. You know, PFF has made the point that play, play from a clean pocket is more predictable. It's more stable going forward. It's the thing you should focus on, which is generally true. But when you're so far at the extreme of the other thing, when your play under pressure is so bad that it's like this, 
That's significant. And if you look yeah. at the list of quarterbacks that have great, but nobody, by the way, has got as bad a PFF grade under pressure as Zach Wilson has. That's nobody. Great. Like it's never been seen before. But the guys that are at the bottom end of that. No human has ever laid <laughs> eyes on something this awful. The guys that grade in the 20s over any oh, man, period of time. Bad. It's like a who's who of disaster quarterbacks. It's Mark Sanchez. It's Blake Bortles. It's Blaine Gabbard. It's, it's a list of guys you don't want to be on a list with. And that's where Zach Wilson is right now. Buccaneer great playing Gabbard. Just had to say that. A last game that I just want to touch on briefly. Cardinals at Vikings. Vikings get another win. Dude, they're going to run away with this division. They're going to run away with winning this division here. With six wins already in the season, they've got a three-game lead on the next closest team. The Packers and the Bears both tied at three and five. They have the 19th toughest schedule, schedule remaining. So if you're doing that opposite, it's one of the easier schedules left in the league. And before this week, so before a Bears loss, before a Packers loss, before they won, they had an 80% chance to win that division. That's going to be close to 90% now yeah. with everything that happened. So they're going to have either the highest or a, a top three bear, at, the, at the worst odds to win their division. This team is absolutely running away with it. Shout out to, uh, to Kirk. The White Vic out here, mm. 17 yards. 17 miles an hour, apparently. Wow. It's going to be a rough morning in the film room for uh, for Zach Allen. That's not great. No, you don't want to. Yeah, That's not great. Outrun by so I just wanted to shout him out there. Vikings, you look like you are destined for the playoffs there. So uh, my hat is uh, now off to you. Yeah, back on. There you go. I always say that. I always say, like, oh, my hat's off to you. And I can never do it. have a hat. And, yeah. now I, and now I have one. And it's a cowboy hat at that. So it I think is. that's a good one to do it. Let's bring people back to life. Or we're splitting this segment here. We actually threw this out in the production meeting. Sam and I ended up filling out the show sheet a little bit differently. This segment's called Back from the Grave. As it is Halloween, we're getting a little Frankenstein on you guys. Sam is going to give three people, teams, units, whatever it is that he wants to see get back out of the grave. And I'm going to talk about some of the same that did get back out of the grave that are currently walking amongst the living. Okay. Sam, who is the first whatever that you want to see pop out of the grave? I would like to rejuvenate the Los Angeles Rams offensive line because that it's taking away the defending Super Bowl champions. They are no longer a factor for the playoffs, for retaining a Super Bowl, and that's just less interesting. As, a, as an NFL, as a league, as a narrative, right? If the Rams have an offensive line, they're immediately back amongst the contenders in the NFC. Maybe they can't beat the Eagles. Maybe they can't beat the teams in the AFC, but they can beat everybody else. They can get to the playoffs, make some noise, and kind of keep that narrative of, oh, are they going to be the next team to, to repeat? Now it's just like, oh, the Rams, the Rams are miserable. Yeah, no, I mean, look, when you get whooped up in the trenches like the Rams are, there's a difference between, like, being average or not one of the best in the NFL and then being whatever the Rams are. I mean, that offensive line's absolute liability. They're not going anywhere as a team until that's fixed. And I don't think that gets fixed during the season. No. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I would love to see it. I just, uh, I don't know if there's enough potion in the world to uh, to bring him <laughs> back from the dead. Whatever they did, you know, like Game of Thrones, whatever they did to keep the mountain alive. I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if that's going to exist with the Rams offensive line this season. You know, <clears throat> This one's a little tough to bring up, but I had to give him credit for it. DJ Moore. All right, DJ Moore and the excessive celebration is is a catalyst to why they ended up losing the game to the Atlanta Falcons. But over the last two weeks, 
DJ Moore is back from the dead, like a lot of players on the Carolina Panthers. Last two weeks, he's got 21 targets, 13 receptions, over 200 receiving yards, and two touchdowns, including that big-time Hail Mary touchdown at the end of last game, which should have won them the football game. Threat percent, which is wide receiver usage. He's up over 30%, 34.4 over the last two weeks. Those first six weeks, below 20 this is your best offensive weapon in the passing game by far, and you could not even get him the ball. They're doing so at a different clip now with P.J. Walker there. So D.J. Moore is revived. He is officially a zombie. Huh. That's, that actually yeah. sounds, that sounds a little harsh, but yeah. he's back living with us, which D is great to see. D.J. Moore's career, he's becoming the sort of the next New Hopkins in, in terms of a guy who's been remarkably quarterback-proof given the guy is throwing him the football throughout mm -hmm. his career. Okay, Apparently, Baker Mayfield is the one kryptonite to being quarterback-proof, but outside of Baker, Not good. it's really impressive the kind of production he's had given the quarterback situation there. Um, we've got some suggestions for who people want to be back from the dead. Uh, Drake said Brees Hall's ACL. Damn, me too. Me too. Um, Lars said Najee Harris. Coltrane said Carson Wentz with a, with a crying face. Safety 30 said the Packers wide receiver core. Yeah. <laughs> Jukes just said Packers in general. Um, DT Dynasty said, I want to bring my entire fantasy team back from the dead because he's 0-8. 0-8. DT, it might be time to just delete the app. Don't even need to check the lineup. I don't, I don't, I don't think you really need to. Yeah. Um, ooh, Album said Mitchell Schwartz because I'm assuming of the tackle play for the Chiefs that has not been good so far this season with Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, Quell said Bill Belichick. Wants the old Bill Belichick back, I guess. Um, what's another one? Who else you want to bring back? Uh, who else have I got? I have I, the Buccaneers. Just the oh, that'd be nice. Entire Bucks. Oh, that'd be nice. All of them. Be nice. They were supposed to be really good. They were supposed to be a, a Super Bowl contender. The Tom Brady's last hurrah, the, the last dance, you know, before he can actually go off into the sunset and retire yeah. properly. Yeah. And now it's miserable. The Bucs are bad. The offensive line isn't good. The receivers aren't playing well. Mike Evans finally showed up this week. Um, Brady's not playing well. He looks cooked, isn't cooked. The defense is getting gashed. Like, everything is bad. Yep. And again, with all due respect to the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants and other teams that are, have impressive-looking records, it's less fun if we're not talking about Tom Brady going for one last Super Bowl before he walks off. Well, now he's not going to walk off, so now he's going to have plenty this more years to do that. But I would like for the Buccaneers to at least look competent like they have not over the last couple of weeks. My next one is uh, welcome back from the dead, Raiders fans, to the PFF mock draft machine and draft <laughs> season because, oh, my God, this is bad for the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, I got shut out yesterday. New Orleans, it's a tough place to play, but still, getting shut out by the Saints. The Saints are a beat-up football team. This should have been a game where you were either competitive or won the football game outright, and they looked absolutely putrid. I think that the reason why we're already pushing Raiders fans towards the mock draft machine towards draft season is mainly because of what happens with Derek Carr. The cap number on his contract goes way up, but the guarantees are now down. They can get out of his contract later this offseason if they want it seems like it's not going a great direction with him. He's got a no-trade clause, so it's not even a guarantee that they would be able to trade him. He'd probably have to sign off on it. So I think this is Derek Carr's last year with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that he is on a different team next year. I think they kind of have to move on at this point. You look at their schedule moving forward. They play the Jags next week. All right, Colts the week after that, Broncos the week after that. So it gets a little bit easier there. But then you go Seahawks, Chargers, Rams, Patriots. Steelers, not bad, but then end the season with the 49ers and the Chiefs. Not a lot of wins in there. I think you're winning maybe four more games out of that max if you're the Raiders, and that gets you to 6-11. and 11. 
The head coaching resume for Josh McDaniels is not looking great at this point. Oh, buddy. Between the Denver train wreck first time around and now this, 15 years later or whatever it is, this is not not looking great for McDaniels. Dude, it's bad. It's bad. He needs to... He needs to come back from the dead as well. What's your last one? You got one more? Yeah, Justin Herbert. Um, dude's battling rib injury. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah And yeah. he's not been playing like Justin Herbert of old. Like, we've seen much better play from Justin Herbert in the past, even within, you know, an offense that is, I think, limiting him and maybe doesn't necessarily play to his strengths all the way. But we know Justin Herbert can be better than this, and I can only imagine – Playing quarterback with broken rib cartilage is deeply unpleasant. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I feel like getting hit in general, probably not. Great, sure. You know? Certainly getting hit when you have torn, broken rib cartilage sounds like it sucks. Yeah, wouldn't. Uh, 10 out of 10 uh, would not recommend on that one. I would love to see Justin Herbert fully healthy. It just feels like the Chargers, uh, they don't need to hear this from me, but it feels like they're always cursed with these injuries, and it sucks because I would love to see that team fully healthy because I do think it's a good football team, and I think Justin Herbert's one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. Speaking of one of the best young quarterbacks in the game, Okay, maybe that might be a little much. Fun Taylor Heineke is back, baby. It is back. Is this a guy that you want to invest franchise money in? Is this a guy that you even want to guarantee (laughs) starting the next game? Probably not. But but when he is out there, when you don't have another option and you got to go, all right, Taylor, get in there, damn it, is he fun. Yeah. He's like, so this is why I thought last year would actually go better than it did for them because he is kind of a clone of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And say what you like (laughs) about Fitzpatrick, he was fun as hell to watch play football. It wasn't always good, but he made it entertaining. And Taylor Heineke will make it entertaining because I think like Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has an acute awareness of his own limitations and knows, look, I'm not that good, but that guy over there is, and I'm just going to put the ball in his general direction and let McLaren go and moss people because that's our best chance of winning here. Yeah, I mean, that's how they won yesterday. Exactly, and the week before. He just pointed out McLaurin and went, here you go, and just chucked it 40, 50 yards down the field, whatever it is. So my welcome back from the grave is is, is that fun Taylor Heineke is back. So, uh that's uh, that. That was my last one there. Looking in the chat here, Coltrane said Derek Carr to Carolina confirmed. No, Carolina cannot do that. Come on, Cole. <laughs> Cole, come on. They cannot do that. Nathan said, I'm telling you, Brady is going to Vegas in 2023 to re- reunite with Josh McDaniels. Quinn, if you're listening, if you could go ahead and block Nathan's account from ever being in the chat again. That's that not the first great. person I've seen suggest that, though. We'll, we'll block their accounts as well. I'm just kidding, Nathan. You know that I'm kidding. Um, no one said that Dak's hands are back from the dead. Great to see. Dak played very well yesterday. He took a step up from that first game back, which I figured was a little bit of a warm-up there. Um, Eric commenting that Herbert's weapon's all gone. That kind of sucks. Yeah, definitely. Elliot said Stidham definitely knows that system better for what it's worth. Yikes. That's tough. That is tough. Oh, so people are talking about the Saints with, uh, with, with the draft. How funny was it? were the trade rumors of Alvin Kamara and the Philadelphia Eagles. Mainly the one where people thought, the the report that I read that made me laugh the hardest was Saints would consider (laughs) sending Alvin Kamara to the Eagles if they got their first round pick back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I bet they would consider that because Philly would absolutely never there's no way that would ever happen. No chance. To, that's like buying a lottery ticket for $10, winning the lottery because the Saints are bad, and now you have a top 10 pick, and then going, 
I, they just give me the 10 bucks back, actually. I'm good. But I'm this good is like that. when Christian McCaffrey was being traded, right? And the, the reports were Carolina is shopping him for two first-round picks. And everyone was immediately like, you know, laugh. Ah, that's ridiculous. It's absurd. But they ended up getting a pretty insane a trade amount. Huh? Like, sure. if you look at the, the Jimmy Johnson trade chart is less kind to it. But if you look at some of the more modern trade value charts, they said that that was worth the fourth overall pick. What they got for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, but I, I like draft trade charts, obviously. Like, I think they are a very useful tool. The volatility of draft classes and what players you have to pick from change that value so much. So sure. You're, so you're, you're putting... But if it's even in the ballpark, the idea that I they suppose. got that kind no, of like no, a first-round pick of significant value out of saying. Christian McCaffrey and his contract. They did good. They did good. I so thought, you kind of have to great. assume that... Never underestimate the capacity of NFL people to do crazy things. My GM of the year, Howie Roseman, could never. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying here. Well, uh, we got one more game for Week Eight that we that we um, that we have yet to watch. It is the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to the Cleveland Browns, a uh, interdivision matchup that we've got going on here tonight. And uh, in light of that, we actually sat down with Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd. Late last week, so I want to make sure you guys know we didn't interview. We actually interviewed him right before the Jamar Chase news came out, so we didn't ask him anything about the Jamar Chase news because we didn't know it. But we did get to sit down with him, talk to him about what a great bounce back a part of the year the Cincinnati Bengals are having, and then what to expect on Monday Night Football. So check it out. All right, joining issues football now. We have Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd. Man, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta ask you about this last game that you guys played. Man, it was just, it was, it was balls to all you guys all around. Y'all were so successful. How much fun was that for everybody to be able to get those kinds of yards and that kind of production? You know, anytime Joe go throw over 400 yards, you know, at least two to three people gonna have uh, a, a great game. We just had to find out rhythm, find, find uh, what, what we've been doing best last year. You know, that fit us. Uh, with our scheme and play, you know, and, and, and the shotgun plays and having Joe back there taking command and controlling uh, everything, I think, is, is, is more of our um, identity. What makes Joe Burrow and his, what he brings to the table at the quarterback position and his setting presence, what makes him different and the feel of this team different than it was maybe when you first got Cincinnati? Uh, definitely his comfortability, you know, and just, just him recognizing what the defense is giving him. You know, he's so intelligent and smart, you know, and the crazy thing about him is he's very athletic. You know, he can do a lot of different things, you know, but he never forces because he knows he has other great players around him. Oh, man, I think it sparks up a lot of our fuels, you know, seeing Joe come in swagging. He got, a, he got his Joe Bird glasses on, you know, he got his SpongeBob fit, you know, just, just him being himself and not trying to be somebody uh, that he's not, you know, I think... Uh, makes a lot of us respect him even more because he, he's always been him you know no matter how much uh hype he's got and and all the accolades he's got he didn't always been the same joe in my eyes you guys are you guys are well known throughout the league i want to play a little game with you called who is most likely and we're going to give you a situation you can say who is the most likely of the three of you to do this who is the most likely between the three of you to run a wrong route uh I gotta say Chase. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll make it work, right? I mean, he'll I probably make it work. I on my guys, but yeah, he, he might have had the most amazing. Okay, who is the most likely to talk trash amongst the three of you? Well, it's, it's between me and Chase, but not I'm patting that. I don't really get too many people to come at me, you know, so Chase definitely does the most talking now. Okay, all right. Who is the most likely to take a cart to the bathroom like DK Metcalf did? He's not going to say him. He's not going to say himself. 
I mean, I would, but in the situation, <laughs> I think out of all of our personalities, I don't think neither none of us would do okay. that. That's another, another okay, okay too. Another it, it, well. it, it might, it, it just shows seniority. Who is the, going back to kind of what we talked about with Burrow a little bit, who is the most likely to wear something way out there walking into the stadium on game day? I'll, I'll give it the T. You know, he, he didn't, he didn't, he he's been coming stepping with, with his swag you know i think the one preseason game or one of the first home game he came through with his little vest jacket no shirt underneath i said okay who's most likely to be on aux who's most likely to have music playing in the locker room uh me for sure oh yeah all right okay yeah. so that's the seniority thing he gets to, he, he gets to control the music okay all the right, one that... thing is it's pressure when it's pressure when you got you know not ox in front of everybody nobody really want to play none because they don't want to get booed because they play the song you know so i got a, i got a nice little playlist that, that that a lot of guys like okay who's got the best touchdown celebrations between the three T for sure. He, he he's the dancer. Okay. You know, he, he, he I, I mean, dancer. I was gonna ask also like who's like who's the best dancer? Who's the most likely to be dancing at practice or between plays? Is yeah, still T. It's, it's definitely T for sure. Okay. He he could do it all. Whatever okay. dance move you can say out, he can do it. Ooh, that's the footwork right there. That tells me that he's got the good footwork. All right, I get it. Who's most likely to be at Gallup Park after a big win? Me, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to celebrate, man. He's got look. <laughs> Who would most likely win an eating challenge? Like some sort of, like either like hot wings or just like who can eat the most or like something like that. Like who could win an eating challenge between you guys? I think I gotta say Chase. The only reason I say that because Camp, you know, he came in overweight. You know, he was big. You know, he, <laughs> he wasn't fat or stuff like that, but he was he was way over his his his, his uh, weight. You know, he was eating real good, so I, I had to give it to him. Look, you, you know, same thing. You know, they worked. You guys got to the Super Bowl, and he was, you know, like, yeah, good. Like, he over his weight. I'm like, yeah, it's time to tighten up. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, that was great, man. We really appreciate it, dude. Uh, tell us what you guys are looking forward to. Getting to play on Monday night, man, about how excited that is. It's most important that we're playing our, in our division, a, a division opponent. And what we did last week and all the great things we did doesn't really matter anymore. You know, we got to come out there and just execute plays, you know, because any team in our division is always going to be a close game. It's going to be a dog fight. So we, we, we just expect to go up there and just, just play our, our, our game. And like I said, let, uh, we're going to take whatever they give us and we just got to continue to uh, make it capitalize on all of our opportunities. Oh, I appreciate it, Tyler. This is great, man. I appreciate you having a little bit of fun with us, taking some time, a couple of minutes here before a big game, dude. We really, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. No, for sure. I appreciate y'all. Could have sworn that Jamar, he was going to say Jamar had the best touchdown celebrations. But I guess T is out here dancing. Yeah. He's got it. He's got the footwork. Can He's I got the hips. That? I, you know, big opportunity for for both those guys, for T and with, with, with Tyler. Um, you know, with Jamar obviously being down over the next four to six weeks. Huge, huge opportunity for those guys to be able to step up, and we get a first look at that uh, here tonight against Cleveland. So we'll get you guys out of here with some Monday night football bets. We're talking spread. We're talking over-under. And then we've got a player prop bet for you guys as well. Sam, the line right now is Cleveland. As the home team, getting three points. Yeah. Who are you taking here? The Bengals, who are you taking the Browns? I like the Browns at home getting those points. I think, remember what life was like in the Cincinnati offense before Jamar Chase arrived? It was like, you got some talented players there, but yeah. it's sort of missing something, right? It's missing that one alpha that can just change everything. So I'm, I'm picking, 
I, I think that'll struggle without without him again. Yeah, you guys can see the values that we have on the screen. That's straight from the PFF app. If you guys don't have it right now and you got an Apple device, you can go download it, search PFF, search Pro Football Focus, and you can see all those things right there. Yeah, and look, anytime you can put your money next to an F-graded bet, that's where you got to You got it. I mean, you got to do I'm, I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm going to go against our system here. I kind of like playing it safe with this. I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. If Chase were playing, I'd be taking the Bengals 100% to cover those three. But I don't know how much they're going to be able to be that blowout kind of a team, um, especially as the road team. I know it's not too far of a trip, but I'm also going to agree with you with the Browns there and them getting three points. What about the uh, the over-under? Over-under right now is 45. You think an under or over for it? Well, I'm going to stick with my F-graded bets and go for the under. Okay, great. The, of course. The FF data apparently hates my analysis on this game in its entirety. But I could oh, say real, real company man over here. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, look, the same thing, that this, this Bengals offense is going to look different without Jamar Chase there, not in a good way. And if the Browns' defense can clamp down a little bit, slow down the explosive plays that they've been relying on recently, I, Cleveland's offense going up against a good Bengals' defense, I don't think they're going to put up a ton of points. So this game kind of screams low-scoring, you know, divisional affair. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going with under 45 as well. Last one's a player prop. What's a player prop that you like from the uh, from the best bets area? So I think the way that Cincinnati is going to pivot on mm-hmm. offense is going to be to, to lean on Joe Mixon, you know, to try and establish the run game and Joe Mixon's rushing threat as much as humanly possible. That offensive line has been playing better in recent weeks, in particular when they're not going up against the best pass rushes in the NFL. Cleveland obviously has Miles Garrett, but if they can slow down with that one guy, mm-hmm. I think they can have success on the ground. So Mixon over 65 and a half rushing yards. In honor of our guest, I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd. Over five and a half receptions here tonight. I think they're going to try to stick to the same script they've had over the last couple of weeks and how they've been distributing the ball. And Tyler Boyd was already getting the ball before Jamar Chase sure. was out. So I think it's a good bet for him to get over five and a half receptions tonight. Certainly if the Bengals are going to win, I honestly feel like the script has to go of a way where he would get more than uh, more than five and a half receptions. So I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out to our guest there. I'll say that Tyler Boyd has a great game, and I will go over five and a half with the right. receptions. Sounds good. Question of the day. Let's get to question of the day before we get out of here. Quinn, can we can we get a reminder? It's uh, how, did we say how many teams there were, <laughs> or that's just an <laughs> the Mister Clean is just. Uh. It's just something. So I've actually I've done Mr. Clean before, and I used like actual like face paint for the eyebrows, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and it doesn't work because it wears off throughout the course of the day or the evening, and then you just have gray eyebrows. And I just look like an old man. So I went to tape today. Then you can switch to like the old man from Up or something. I don't yeah. know. Like you know, you just like pivot to some sort of old man. All right. So get, can we get a hint? How many te- how many teams are there that have done this? That have had three one thousand yard receivers in a single season? Correct. How many do we have? Is it two? You got so that's well. What's your final answer? That's what a question. Isn't it? Okay. Well, I was trying to get I was trying to get a hint out of it. My yeah. only answer is going to be the uh, what is it? The 2013 Broncos. You don't have to necessarily. Yeah, we don't need to name the teams. We just need yeah, to come just up how many have there? I think it's three. Oh, I, I think so, we had, so we're not naming the teams. No. We're just, oh, okay, sorry, sorry. I wasn't trying to get you to. I'll give you the teams when we're done, but no, I'm just looking for how many there's been. Um, just a number, any number. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say two. Two? Okay. Because I'm going to say the Colts yeah. in one somebody year. Somebody did it to start the with. Broncos. The Colts did it to match that. Gonna, and then I say, say somebody's done it since. That makes three. Man, Quell saying five or six. Nathan saying four. Jeff saying four. 
Elliot's also saying two. Ryan's saying five. And I just feel like that's so many. Cole's saying four. Safety's saying four. Phillip's saying four. Scott's saying two. I'd be very surprised if it was more than four. I could see four, but yeah, I think more than that would be pretty shocking to me. So which, what are you going with? Three. Okay, you're going with three. I'm going with two. How many is it? Let's hear it. It's five. Whoa! No way! Yep. So most recent, 2008 Arizona Cardinals, Larry Fitz, Anquan Bolden, and Steve Breston. Uh, then it was the 2004 Colts, okay, Marvin so Harrison, Reggie. That's Wayne, our Brandon problem. And then you got to go all the way back to 95. And this is why I said it doesn't necessarily have to be wide receivers because mm. that was Eric Metcalf, who was technically listed as a running back. Mm. Um, then 1989 Washington, and again, 1980 San Diego, Kellen Winslow in name a tight end wow so my logic was sound the Colts yes. did it and then somebody else has done it since but right. I didn't know the yes. three teams yeah. had done it before the Colts did wow I swore the Broncos would have been one yeah how, cl- how close were we hold on I'm looking this up before we get out of here <laughs> I have I have to know this I'm it's doing there. Mike does this all the time he'll like look it up if he's ever yeah. wrong the I mean, 2019 guy. Chargers were close Keenan Allen Receiving Austin Eckler yards. and Mike Williams okay so damn the 2013 Broncos, 1,400 receiving yards to Marius Thomas, 1,200 receiving yards Eric Decker, 788 Julius Thomas, 778 Wes Welker. Uh-huh. What about the, the Broncos had two years of crazy numbers, right? What about that? Uh, what the about next, the next year? year? Yeah, 2014. Yeah. Let's look. 2014, we've got – no, it wasn't as close. Uh-huh. It was Demarius over 1,600, Emmanuel Sanders over 1,400, and then Julius had less than 500 that year because wow. he only played 13 okay. games. Yeah, that would that would have been the year. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty – you know, I'm flabbergasted. I'm absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked. That was a great question. Good, good job, Quinn. Do we have a uh, do we have a chat champ? Yeah, Ryan Mueller. He got it. Oh, your mic's muted. Uh, the only one he missed was Washington, but he said uh, he knows Wait, four Quinn, of them for muted. a fact. No, Cardinals, Falcons. Oh, Chargers, you can hear? Yes. Oh man, wow. It's just I, you. We just cut you off. Literally just me. Yeah, just me. Is right. this, is this something I said? I I look. Wait. So who did he say? Who did he say was the chat champ? H- oh, it was Ryan. Yeah. 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 Look, HR has been on the phone, and uh, they're cutting our mic. Your hat tipping. They're, they're, they're cutting our mic. They're, they're like, you better get off the show with that with that knife, or we're yeah. gonna have to we're gonna have to cancel the program. Well, Mike, or well, <laughs> he's got a knife. Be now careful. we do have to get off the show. <laughs> well, Ryan is the chat champ today. Ryan, you know what that means? That means you got to be in the chat tomorrow to represent your people, and it's a great day to be a chat champ because it is Tuesday, which means we got dogs of the week we are highlighting some of the best performances the gutty performances that we saw over the nfl this week so that's a fantastic show to be the chat champ make sure you get in early ryan we will absolutely see you there sam thank you so much for sitting in man this is a lot of fun anytime appreciate it for trevor sykema for sam monson aka crocodile dundee for everybody who's in the production suite thank you guys so much for watching this halloween edition of it's just football we're going to be back right here same time 11 a.m We'll see you guys then. It's not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, then we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get it and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year.